Welcome to a special Good Friday Fontenelle Final Bell. I'm Susan Littlefield here on the Rural Radio Network. Of course, markets closed today. And as you may be hearing this report again on Saturday, we know the markets will reopen Sunday evening, headed into Monday. And it has been an absolutely crazy week. Whether we've been dealing with weather in the U.S., weather globally, we had two big reports come out on Wednesday. And how do we position ourselves now that we've had a chance hours to digest this information how do we move forward and get ready to pull those planters um, out warmer weather coming is going to get us anxious to be in the field so let's look at all that information as pj conrad joins us today with trade-off so first off happy easter to you and your family you too, Susan, and happy Easter to everyone listening as well. It is interesting reports, as I just mentioned. Did you ever expect Wednesday's numbers when they came out to see limit up trade, but to have that limit up trade continue the whole trading session? No, I, mean, I think you look across a lot of uh, analysts in the industry, and I don't think anybody necessarily had this pegged at where it's at. Estimates were you know closer to that 94 million acres on corn, and we came in closer to 91. Um, obviously a curveball, um, a good curveball though, and one that uh, the markets have hit out of the park, so to speak, with uh, opening day in baseball yesterday. So, you know, as we look at it, you see, you look at uh, soybeans is one I really think you got to look at and say, we have never this early in the marketing year had this low a carry out and also this low of acres. And you flip over to the corn side, our demand's been so strong. Um, U.S. stocks for March 1st are at seven-year lows, and soybeans are at five-year lows uh, from the quarterly stocks numbers. Uh, it sounds like you know China will probably look to start purchasing more beans as we get during planting. Maybe see some weakness. You know, Thursday I had a great day. Friday, Thursday was a little bit weaker. I think that's to be expected. You know, three-day weekend coming up to think funds are going to pile in before a three-day weekend or heck half of them might be on vacation already you're typically not going to see a big move before these three-day weekends unless it's summertime and you got the uh, weather premium they add before those awesome report like i said complete curveball where do we go from here you know some interesting things to note is 2012 we added 4.5 million acres to between corn and soybeans from the march report to the June actual planted acreage report. Typically, historically speaking, we will see an increase in acres from March actually planted. How much is the question? You know, sorghum of those acres with strong basis and cheaper inputs, so the profit margin is there. At some point, we have to entice the American farmer to plant more soybeans and more corn. You know, the corn thing's gonna be a little bit tougher in my mind, to get guys to switch to that because the decisions there if I've been made. If you have some acres in limbo, beans are really the ones that need to steal them. I think you really look at what what number does that take? Is it 13? Is it 13.50? Is it 14? I guess that's the that's a big question. You know, right now on Thursday, our our ratio is roughly 2.58 to one uh, soybeans to corn. You argue that probably needs to get closer to 2.7 to 2.8 to really shock the farmer into planting more soybeans how fast does that happen it's going to the market's going to have to do that fast if we truly need that many beans or we're going to face a you know another really tight carry out year in 2021 so as you had a chance to really kind of digest the numbers i was surprised when i saw south dakota 
had the largest increase when it came to corn planted acres. Are we have some prevent plant that's coming into this factor or is South Dakota just really thinking they need to go road or, or, you know, fence post to fence post to be able to get that corn in? You know, I, I thought that was interesting as well. And North Dakota had a big increase too. I, obviously prevent plant year over year. And that's been the big story in the Dakotas the last two years is their prevent plant numbers. You know, why are they planting corn and not soybeans? And I think, you know, I, you would know too, Susan. Be, I'd be curious to know how many of those decisions are actually made on a fertilizer uh, aspect already, or if they can flip those acres back to soybeans if the price uh, gives itself chance. Now you got to think their growing season is shorter, so are they looking at corn saying, "Hey, I would rather plant this and, and know that uh, the long-term longevity in, in the field if we have an early winter is maybe a little bit better than if you plant soybeans, but." you got to think at the end of the day it's going to come down to a, a price number and i guess in my heart of hearts you gotta look and say well if we can plant 1350 beans and demand as strong as it is you might see some really good basis levels and I, corn and soybeans are in a tight carryout none of that's going to change between now and june 30th or now and uh, october 1st until we know what this crop is the things to watch, I guess, from a market move standpoint, too, is going to be if we see this price run up like everybody's expecting, if we get good planning conditions and we get off to a good start, which right now, first half April weather looks very advantageous for planting, the markets are going to have to sell off to a certain degree just because that's what happens when we get stuff planted in a timely fashion. You know, some of the you know, the RJOs of the world and the egg resources really think we could see thirteen fifty to fourteen dollar new crop beans, and really think we could see six dollar old crop corn and five to five fifty uh, new crop corn. Who knows when those numbers happen? Though is that a summer weather scare, or are they going to do it more on the front end to try to increase the acreage planted? And I guess I I tend to be in the camp that I think you'll see it sooner rather than later, a quick run up to really everything's on more notice. If we were to get wet or if we were to have any kind of planting hiccup, we're going to be way more volatile and also the funds have that increased uh, position limits that got enacted, I believe, two or three weeks ago that's going to add to the volatility of this as we move through the spring. Definitely a lot to think about. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of those what-ifs that PJ just mentioned and, of course, some things that are happening within this grain complex on a three-day holiday weekend. More is coming up. It's the Friday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on Good Friday, right here on the Rural Radio Network. If Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A Good Friday, which means markets are continuing the program with trade-offs so we left talking about all the what-ifs and and we know that mother nature literally in a split second can change every aspect of what happened in crop how do you market the risk not knowing what the weather's going to be 30 now in my mind and the way we look at things at trade-offs is on a percentage basis and you know, I, you know our guys are you know say if they're 20 percent hedged in some form or fashion and then have used some short dated puts to at least put a floor on things pre-report uh, because of the volatility coming into the report now the decision is do you want to stay in i mean i think you got to stay flexible and you can do that a lot of different ways uh, the whole thing is you got to look back at these other tight crop years you know 2000 this year the end of 2020 as we went to harvest was a lot like 2010 from a market standpoint 
So you then, you know, if we're trying to look at years that are somewhat similar, 2011, that chart's followed fairly this year has, and that peaked out in you know, late July, early August. Responsible to sit there and wait for that because you have no idea if we get good rains in July, we could sell this thing off very fast. I'm a big proponent of either, you know, if you want to make a, a hedge or a sale, keeping the upside on with some sort of short-dated call, or the flip side of that is buying some sort of short-dated put that at least puts a floor on the market so you can sleep at night. But if we do go to 550, you still have the ability to go sell that uh, minus your put cost. So there's a lot of different ways to, you know, skin the proverbial cap, but at the end of the day, you got to manage your risk emotions too and understand where you're at from a financial standpoint. And today, you know, corn right in that 485, 490 range on new crop, highest prices we've seen, you know, since 2014. Every time we get in these type of markets, it seems like the, the barometer gets pushed one way and likes to stay that way things aren't going to flip on its head overnight. Although if we do get off to a good planning start and all of a sudden we get good June weather, that's where you could see the tumble lower. You know, I, I try to always frame things or put yourself back to other years when you thought there's no way this can go lower. There's no way this can go higher. Um, <clears throat> you know, last summer, great example, a year ago at this time, everyone was talking about 290, 270 harvest cash corn, a 3 billion bushel carryout. Uh, 12 months later, and you got a lot of private estimates in that the USDA is calling it a 1.5 billion bushel carryout. You had a lot of privates that are sub 1 billion bushels. It's crazy how much change a year can make, and that can happen on both sides of the coin, too. Uh, soybeans, I do think this is creating a multi-year higher price, and I think every farmer out there could say, yes, uh, I loved 7 to $8 corn, but was it good for the farming economy long-term, and I think uh, you know most guys are going to tell you no. Ideally, we do have a good crop this year because God knows we need it. Um, but if we don't, we're going to get in some pretty interesting situations, and I think that's what, you know, when you get these type of carryouts, your volatility is so ramped up. So although you might think today spending 20 cents on a put option is a lot of money, it's not in the grand scheme of percentage moves we're going to see. Yeah, you know, liken it to the stock market, you know, but we're at all-time highs, and people will say, "Well, that's the largest point move in a day, down or up." Well, what's that mean percentage-wise? You know, a year ago, the last five years, a ten-cent move in corn felt like a lot because we were at three eighty to four twenty. Today, a ten-cent move feels like nothing because we're used to these bigger swings. So it's all relative when you're looking at options. Of, I'm protecting more overall dollars per acre as well. And so it's going to cost more to do so. So how much more pressure is the next USDA report going to have seeing what we saw on Wednesday with this report? Yeah, that comes out April 9th, and that will be the supply and demand numbers that come out uh, for this 21-22 marketing year. Um, it's going to be obviously on high tension. I think how much of that do we build in ahead of time, though, is the real question because the acre numbers out there, People are going to use a flat type yield, call it 179. Um, demand is the big number. You know, our, our our worldwide demand in the last 12 months has really increased on the corn side and soybean side. But corn's really been a worldwide thing, uh, not just China buying. Where China's been really heavy in the soybeans. Does that continue throughout the entire year? And what is USDA going to plug in? 
them moving their quarterly stocks down by 66 million on corn, not a big move, but you know, the quarterly stocks is such a show me type thing. So if we keep exporting at a good pace, you know, that next quarterly stocks report should reflect some of that. And it seems like always uh, the last two years, anyways, that August 30th report of the final quarterly stocks has been a shock to the upside. Um, I think that the, all these reports moving forward are going to be have a bullish tone, but the question is how much does trade have that factored in pre-report? What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Uh, you can call us at 402-858-7529 or find us on any social media platform at Trados LLC. All right. That is the special edition of the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. It's being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.